Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Shalom Midorshim Shloshim Yom. And today is the third day in our quest to learn all about the holiday of Pesach through and with Masech Pesachim. So today we are on Mishnah Zion, Mishnah 7, and this Mishnah shares a little bit with the previous Mishnah. So let's do a little bit of an introduction to this Mishnah. Features Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yose arguing over an analogy. So Rabbi Meir makes an analogy, and Rabbi Yose says why that, why that analogy doesn't work. And then there's a little more explanation on that. So let's get right into it. Omar, Omar, Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir says, From the statements that we have learned from the previous Mishnah, which was about burning together meats and oils of different degrees or levels of impurity. And by the way, this is your chance to go back to the previous Mishnah because this is a really cumulative podcast. And we're at the beginning of our studying for a new holiday. So it's a perfect chance to start over and start with this podcast fresh and new. So you only have to make up two. So today, it's right now, is your chance. And now that everyone is back with us, let's continue. We learned that one may burn ritually pure truma with impure, uh, with impure tame truma when removing chametz on Erev Pesach. So what's the analogy here that he's making? How, how do we learn that from this? So the analogy is that in both cases, the cases of burning impure meats or burning burning meats and oils with different levels of impurity, and the case of uh, burning uh, uh, chametz on the eve of Pesach, it is permitted to increase the levels of impurity in the process of burning, because by burning it, you're getting rid of it. So let's go on. Omarlo, Rabbi Yosei. Rabbi Yosei says, Enahi hamida. That is not an inference. That's not a correct inference. You can't make that inference. So he disagrees. That's a bad analogy. You can't do that. Why? Why does he say that? He says that because in the case of something pure and impure, of a pure and impure, true Muhammad, we are talking about something that is pure. So we either have to have a pure and impure true Muhammad. So they must be separated because when something is pure and impure, we have to separate it. So let's continue with a little bit of explanation. Oh, Modin Rabbi Eliezer Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Eliezer agree that that they agree that each thing should be burnt separately. So they agree with Rabbi Yosef. On what do they disagree about? What do they argue about? So regarding this topic, what do they argue about? So they disagree about something about a doubtful truma and about a doubtful truma or or an unclean truma. So so something that is doubtful to be pure and something that is unclean that you know is not pure. So Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, he says Tisa Ref Zolatmo He is a little more machmer on this approach. Even so, we're doubtful. So just in case, you should separate the two. So. We're doubtful. We're doubting that it's unclean. So there's a small chance that it is pure. It is taller. The Rabbi Yoshua Omer and Rabbi Yoshua says to handcuffs together. We we can do it together. He he learn make kill. So let's continue on to the next parak parak bet. So this parak is a little bit of a is is a continuation of the previous parak. It's talking about bikat chametz and it's talking about. Before and after that, and getting rid of all the chametz in your household before Pesach. For the time that is permitted to eat chametz, one or you can feed it to your domesticated animals, to your non-domesticated animals, and to birds. 
And you can also sell it to Gentiles. You can also sell the chametz to Gentiles. It's a custom that most people do before Pesach, just in case. And it is permitted to derive benefit from this before the time that you can't eat it. Time passes and now you can't do it. You cannot derive benefit from it. You cannot derive benefit from the chametz. So what does derive benefiting from the chametz mean? So Rebbe Ovadia speaks of you can't benefit from its ashes. Let's say you burn it and you put it over, you burn it and you use it as fuel or anything. You can't do that. You can't, that, you can't do that now. Before, during the time you could eat it, you could, but now you can't do it. And you can't use it to light a stove. Well, you can't use it to light a stove or an oven with the ashes of it. Rabbi Yehuda says, in addition, additionally, in Biyor Chametz, Eles Reifa. There is no, uh, the only way of removing uh, Chametz is through burning it, uh, which is what we do is Bikat Chametz. The Chachamim don't disagree, but they, they disagree with one part of it. They say, yes, you could burn it as a way of removing it, but you can also do something else. Af, Meforer, Bizar Ruach, O, Matilayom. So you could burn it, but it's not required. You can also crumble it and then throw it into the wind and cast it into the sea. Like you're getting rid of it. Next Mishnah. Let's move on. Mishnah Bet. Chamet shal nachri davar alav hapesach mutar b'hanah. It's permitted for a Jew to derive benefit from the leavened bread of a non-Jew um, that they held it over Pesach. Veshal Yisrael asur b'hanah. But if a Jew held the chametz over Pesach, you can't benefit from it. As it says, Shanae Mar and Shmot Yogimel and Shmot 13, Lo Yera'a Lechat Se'or, neither shall there be leaven seen within you, Chamas seen within you. So a Jew cannot have the Chamas on Pesach, we know that. And also, a Jew can't benefit from another Jew holding the Chamas on Pesach. So I hope you all have an amazing day, and I hope you all have an amazing Shabbos. Have a good day.